All right. Ong Namo, Guru Dave Namo. Hello, YouTube. It was very hard to get here today. Um, and I'm going to be putting this over here on my Instagram as well, which I'm not usually on because I don't think that it's useful. Um, but everyone's just getting used to me being on YouTube instead of on here. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Thank you, everybody, for your patience. And let's do it. So is this right? Oh, my God. I'm going to have to say a prayer before. Oh, yay. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure. I was like, do I need to put this on Instagram as well? Because I wasn't sure if everybody was going to be able to make it over here today. I know it's new, but um, I really fucking can't stand Instagram. And I didn't want to have to do a double stream and my fucking shit is being... Uh, glitchy over here anyways. Um, and so Jessica over here says, why have I switched over to YouTube? And I'll tell you very simply. Um, I, for the last year, I've just been getting harassed by Instagram about two times every week. They'll take down my account. They'll say your account's going to be deleted because you're posting lewd content. Now, I never, I'm breastfeeding my kid, not anymore, but I would have my boobs out, but everything would be covered up and I'm breastfeeding or I'd be pregnant or something. And they would always just flag my stuff as as lewd content. If I had a picture of my son where he wasn't wearing clothes, even if I had blurred like everything out, my kid runs around naked all the time. They said that this was also lewd content. And I was just, I was starting to get stressed out having my account threatened so frequently. I had spent 10 years on Instagram, had put so much content on there, a lot of stuff that I wanted to be able to use again, pictures that were important to me. And I'd massed like, you know, 6,000 followers about. And, uh, and they were constantly threatening to delete the whole thing. It was really fucking stressing me out. And I just don't like, when I joined Instagram, it wasn't owned by Facebook. Um, but I don't feel free when someone's constantly yanking at like my caller telling me that they're going to delete everything uh, that I've put like my life into for the last 10 years. And so I was like, cool with that. I was like, all right, well, maybe since coronavirus, there's bots or something like that. Um, and they're just being extra strict about everything. So that's how I was navigating it. And earlier on this year, I um, I wanted to see what I could do if I had a lot more time on my hands. I'm finishing my book right now, which I've been working on for the last three years. It's in its final stage and will be available in December, which is so exciting. Um, but also for a long time, I've been wanting to do vlogs and show people a bit more about what our homesteading life is out here. You guys see the front end of my business a lot, which is like what I sell, what I believe in, and how much money we've been able to generate um, from teaching other people these same these same tools that have made my life so meaningful. Uh, but what you don't see is like what it's all for. And the whole reason I do all of this is to have a beautiful home and a beautiful family and be able to homeschool my kid and, and all of that. Um, and I just couldn't find the time with Instagram because it's Insta. Like on average, I'd spend about two hours a day on Instagram. And it was always really fun. Um, but I just couldn't really find the time to do too much else. And I was really wanting to get some of these bigger projects done. But I didn't really have a reason to like, you know, light a fire, fire under my ass. And then on Indigenous People's Day, the first post on my Instagram 
It's from an account I love called Love Watts. He's got 2 million followers. And it's a painting depicting a Native American chief wearing hooker boots. So red patent leather thigh high boots. I'm not being a pet, but you know, when I say hooker boots, like this is exactly what I'll, so the Native American spiritual elder chieftain receiving a blow job from a Mountie, which is a Canadian like police officer and nothing censored. The, the detail on it is so profound that you could see that this Native American chieftain was uncircumcised. Whether or not this is offensive or not on Indigenous Peoples Day, I won't even go into that territory. But I'm like, how is it that a pregnant woman, a breastfeeding woman, and not just that, like, I'm not going to say, okay, well, that's a painting. So it's art, like I get it. And my breastfeeding, you know, is is art. Like, I, I won't put myself on that pedestal, but Robert Maplethorpe is a photographer that I really like, and he's done a series of nudes of Lisa Marie Presley, which I've tried to use in art projects over the last couple of years a few different times. Always censored, never a nipple, never a butt, never in anything. It's really just a silhouette of a woman's body. I've tried to post that picture on its own, got threatened with deletion. Um, tried to post it as part of a collage where it was really, it was a, a whole woman's body, no nudity whatsoever, uh, but just as part of like a bigger piece. And they say that that's lewd content. And I'm like, how the fuck is two guys sucking each other's dicks art and a woman's body isn't like, I just can't call myself a feminist and be at a place that's, that's exhibiting like 1940s style disparity. And I think that the whole idea of like hashtag feminist on Instagram is kind of asked backwards too. Cause if you look at some of these hashtags, like hashtag free the nipple for like 10 years, we've been saying, um, you know, you gotta go easier on us women. Um, Yet nothing has happened. The laws have gotten stricter and stricter on Instagram and they're threatening our businesses. They're literally threatening our businesses. Yet this account with 2 million people can show two guys sucking each other off completely uncentered. And that's not considered lewd or sexual or anything like that. And it gets bumped to the top of my feed. For the last 10 years, I've been trying to work with Instagram on very unreasonable confines. I'm a birthing advocate. I'm a breastfeeding advocate. And just being like this type of woman that's like, yeah, let's just do things the natural way is getting me constantly censored. Not only that, but I decided to invest a lot of money in ads this year because my Instagram just has never grown unless I run ads. And I, I invested about $7,000 in ads and I ran a whole bunch of different ones just seeing what worked and what didn't. But before I got shadow banned for the first time, if I spent $100 on ads, I would get 400 clicks, which is like a pretty, I, I don't really trust that stat, but I would get 400 clicks. So 25 cents per click on my ad and $1 per launch sign up. So $100 would get me 100 emails onto my newsletter list. Well, after getting shadow banned, that went up to $1 per click, which is not fucking useful whatsoever. $7 per email sign up. So not only was like my account being shadow bound, which means that your work is made invisible. Anytime one of my pictures got taken down, I got shadow bound, which means that anywhere from like three weeks to a couple months, because it's impossible to find out, um, my hashtags would be made invisible to any new followers. Nothing I did would be shown in the algorithm. Basically, the chances of my work being exposed to any new eyes was like 
zero, absolute zero. So that really sucks for your business. But usually if you pay for ads, it's like, fine, well, can I at least pay you to show my work to new people? And how they were arranging that changed. So I just can't believe that like, you know, for so long, if you look up hashtag stop censoring motherhood, there's like 45,000 posts on that. That's representative of 45,000 people being like, it's not fair the way that you're censoring women. It's not fair. Hashtag feminist events or hashtag feminist of Instagram has like 50,000 posts on it as well. It's like, well, if we all know that Instagram censors women, like how can I be a feminist and be on Instagram at the same time? So I'm not trying to get you to like delete your Instagram or anything like that, because Instagram was what I built my business around for so long. Um, and now, you know, I didn't delete my Instagram. I just set it all of my old posts that I've written over the last 10 years, because I used to think that I could take all of my posts and make it into a book or something. But what I didn't realize, Instagram is short order cooking. You're just cooking to order a little instant, you know, pancakes and eggs, bunch of orders a day. But it it's so instant that there actually wasn't that much that I could reuse outside of Instagram. There wasn't that many posts that would be suitable for like an entry in the book or something like that. So I started to realize that the instant nature of this platform was preventing me from creating the type of work that really um, equals like legacy for me. Uh, so in order, and if you're on Brew Hub Report, you know, I'm happy to answer and we're on, uh, you know, Q&A for Brew Hub Report right now. So if you have any more questions about how I did this, this is a great place to ask them. Um, but I don't lose sales ever. A big fear I had about going off of Instagram was that I was going to lose sales. So if you guys are in my women's wealth mastermind or really work with me at all, you know that I'm like, don't do that. Like, let's use a question to find a new possibility. So the question was, how can I double my Instagram? How can I double my sales from leaving Instagram? And what I did was I had my assistant go through all of the posts that I had done in the last, I'd say the last three years were the ones where I was like, I felt really good about running those. Had her pull all of the sales posts. We use an automation software called Planoly, which is the best one if you're thinking about doing this for yourself. And, um, and we have it set to automatically post every day a sales post. So my sales actually have increased pretty substantially because on my Instagram, it looks like I'm there selling, selling, selling all the time. When the affiliate program gets going again, which we'll be having that call on the 6th, uh, my affiliate program is amazing. Um, and that'll be at 11am in our zoom room. Uh, that will also help out a lot because other people will be supplying content via their own Instagrams that will keep mine going. I just don't have to be there for it anymore. And I definitely considered like taking everything down and just being like, no, I won't even give them automated content. I'm going to delete my Instagram altogether. But that would be sabotaging for my business. I would have to work really hard to get over the fear that deleting something that my business had been built around would impact me financially. And it's just easier to find of everybody that's on there. It's been a really slow growing Instagram, but my customer retention is super high. So a lot of these people have been with me from the beginning and uh, and I love that I can use that platform. When I had 500 followers, I would have killed to have my work on an account that had 5,800 followers. 
So I'm really happy that I have some options to let the people that are in my, you know, in my circle, the Bruja Report, use, take advantage of that audience that I've built up over time. So, but I just couldn't, like, integrity is the most important thing to me. If you're wondering how it was that you came to find me or what it is that you like about me, is because I'm very, very honest. I don't have any secrets and I'm exactly the same on the inside as I am on the outside. How I speak to you is how I speak to my son, is how I speak to an Uber driver, is how I speak to somebody that I disagree with, how I speak to somebody that I agree with. There is no, I'm constantly looking inside of myself to be like, is there anything that I don't want people to know about me? Are there any text threads that I have that I don't want anyone to find out about me? Is there anything that I Google that I don't want people to find out about me? Because if there's even one, it creates a, a frequency in me that's out of integrity. It's saying that like, I'm not showing you everything about myself. And if I were to be telling the world, I love women more than anybody else does. And I believe in women more than anybody else does, which I really believe like more than at least more than anyone else I've ever met. I love women. I cannot say that I love women and that I teach women to respect themselves while having Mark Zuckerberg yank my fucking collar every two days telling me that he's going to delete my own account. I can't let that little pussy boy fucking threaten me like that. And I can't sit here and laugh with the rest of the hashtag feminists of Instagram. Yeah, it's fucked up. But what are you going to do? I had a digital strategy expert telling me, yeah, but as long as you're on their platforms, you're subject to their rules and you really need to have this. And I was like, no, like I understand that this is some stock advice that you could give to some other people while you're on their platforms. You've got to play by their rules. If their rules disrespect women, I'm not going to be on that platform. I'm not going to be playing that fucking game. I just don't work like that. I understand that other people can get away with not having to be so fucking hard on themselves about integrity. But like, this is what my business is built on. My business is not built on Instagram. My business is not built on algorithms. It's not built on Facebook. It's not even built on YouTube. It's built on my relationship with myself and me being an integrity and honest in myself. If I'm letting Instagram disrespect me, then I'm not I'm not going to be making as much money as I could be. I'm not going to be the best teacher that I can be. And I'm going to be teaching other people with my actions to do the same. So a lot of times when I talk about taking social media passive, people are like, oh, I want to do the same thing. You're going to need to lay some groundwork first. But this is a really, really good challenge, especially if you've been wanting to, you know, you're like, OK, I'm going to launch my business. I'm going to launch my business. I want to make money. I want to, you know, at some point you've got to just start getting comfortable with selling. So this is the challenge that I'm going to give to you. December is one of the greatest months for sales. It's one of the greatest months for sales. Usually I'll do, you know, if I do 50 grand in sales for four months, it'll be a hundred grand in December because people are just buying like crazy at that time. And that's something because I want to be selling every single day in December, as it is, I already have a plan for like automated posts of how I could sell every single day. Now, what people don't realize is that a lot of women have a lot, they think that they're annoying if they sell things. You are your work is a gift. Your work is a gift. And if you know how to launch, if you've done Empress Academy, like every time you're selling something, you're teaching people. 
you're teaching people, you're giving them something really valuable. So that's just a fear of selling being annoying. You have the fear of people thinking you're annoying when you sell your stuff because you judge other people as being annoying when they sell them their stuff. If you stop judging them or you do my workshop jelly, it's in the $55 and under section of my site and you get a $50 gift card when you sign up for my newsletter. So there's no excuse to not do jelly. But in that, I'll teach you about how the people that you're judging the most are your best business coaches and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. But your fear about being an annoying salesperson is just rooted in the judgments that you have about other people. But I would say if you're like, I want to make some fucking money this December, spend the month of November thinking about, all right, what, how could I sell something every day if you only have one product? If you only have one product, it might be a little bit hard for you, but I'm going to be selling IntelliKeys every single, my book, every single day during the month of December. So there's a lot of different ways of doing this, but the first step is wrapping your head around that. Like I'm going to be selling every single day. It's not annoying. Start practicing writing those posts, notice the resistance and stuff that comes up and just go beyond it. But if you give yourself the challenge of selling every day, and I always recommend that people follow the, the Kardashians to see how like not annoyed you are by people selling to you every day. And if you're on Instagram, definitely go check out my story highlight on Everest Asher called Kylie Jenner, because it, nothing triggers women's money blocks like the Kardashians. It's amazing. Uh, if you get yourself if you if you give yourself like three months of actively proactively selling on social media, you can recycle those same three months of posts for another three months, maybe another three months after that. So if you're like, I'm going to take my social media passive, what I encourage you to do is just put your nose to the grindstone, write as many sales posts as you can post them on social media every single day. Maybe you'll be so in the groove that you'll do it again in December. But when you have three months worth of sales posts, that's about enough to buy yourself three months off of social media, still making all of those sales. We're also going to be doing a vlogging workshop. If you're interested, if you're like, oh, I do want to do a vlog, but I don't really know what it should be about. Don't really know how to do it. We'll be doing a call like that on the Bruja report on the, on the 12th. So uni, oh my God, so nice to see you. Uh, yeah, I swear Instagram is shadow banning, not for nudity, but for the truth I speak in captions. You know, I would love if, if that were true. Instagram tells me everything that they've flagged and taken down and it comes up within a few seconds of me posting that picture. So I would love to say that like the truth that I've spoken on Instagram has gotten me banned. But honestly, it's just been the fact that like, I have a woman's body, I support a woman's body, but I don't fucking understand. I just it was the biggest slap in the face for me. How can you tell me that you don't have to tell me that my body is not art? That's fine. That's subjective. That doesn't matter. But Robert Maplethorpe, super accomplished photographer, Lisa Marie Presley, super accomplished subject black and white, high res, gorgeous as part of a collage, like, and who's determining what art is, but you're basically telling me that dicks are art and breasts and torso and pregnancy and all of that isn't fuck you. I am not playing by those rules. I don't give a fuck what any kind of digital strategy expert tells me about that. I don't have to play this game. She said, yeah, but when you go to the mall, you know, like it's not really, um, you can't hate on the mall. Yeah, it might be stupid, but there you meet all kinds of people. That's never been my way. 
I never fucking hung out at the mall. You know why? Because there were all kinds of weird people there. I said, I'm going to go to punk shows so I can hang out with just punks. I've never been into these inclusive environments where it's a little bit of everybody because it's annoying for me. I've always been into exclusivity, which is why I call the Bruja Report the least inclusive place on the internet. It's just witches. It's just witches, low maintenance witches that get money, which is different from like high maintenance witches that that uh, don't have money and like complain about rich people in capitalism and, you know, put twigs into pentagrams is that we're we're a lot more low maintenance than that. So, yay, I'm so happy to see so many of you guys on here. I was so worried that I was going to have to do for this first one, like double up on Instagram and just, I can't even look at that app. I'm just like, ah, get out of my way. And there was so much drama trying to get this fucking live stream started on here that I was like, I really hope the universe isn't telling me that I have to go and do this on Instagram. But the universe speaks to you through joy. So if something feels bad, it's not something that you have to do. Yeah, sometimes things are hard, like getting your fucking webcam working. And it's like, YouTube keeps asking me, like, can't we just have your location? Can't we just have your location? I'm like, no, no, no. I've never disclosed my location to anybody. All right, let's go to Q&A. I'm super excited. So Q&A now, we used to do it as question stickers on Instagram. Now we have a Slack thread going all the time. So if you're not on Bruja Report, you should be because it's the most fun ever but we're not on social media whatsoever how it's kind of like being in a group chat with me all the time on slack we have different threads of all kinds of different stuff but it's also access to all of my workshops all of my live classes and we get to spend a lot of time together and I'm so happy like people self-profiling self-profiling themselves talking about who they're voting for and stuff I'm like don't fucking tell anybody who you're voting for like it's nobody's fucking business who you're voting for ever, but getting us to like self profile, you know, with hashtags and personality tests and all of this stuff, like they have a lot of fucking information on you. And I just feel like they're trying to get these two sides to fight each other. And if you're constantly like self categorizing, because it's trendy, like you're putting yourself on a side, whether you know it or not. And I used to think that this was really the time for like truth telling on the on the internet. But I'm like an old school witch. And for me, it just feels like catacomb season. So it felt so good to have such a, uh, a practiced infrastructure in place to be able to be like, fuck Instagram, but I don't have to go and create something new. Come on, ladies, let's all take this underground. No problem. And we just and we just moved. I'm really happy to be able to offer this to everyone on Bruja Report as well, because sometimes we go off of social media, but we just miss our homies. And having this group chat going all the time is really, really fun. Catacomb season, right? Yeah, I love, yeah, I love Slack. I love Slack. And it's not, people don't usually use it for um, for what we use it for, but that's kind of been my specialty. Um, the Bruja Report, when it was on Instagram, like I did what what Patreon was doing on Instagram, because I didn't want people to have to leave where they were and go to a new platform. I just didn't think that the transfer rate would be as high. I wanted to make sure that people were seeing every day the value of what they're getting. And they get that now through my newsletter. Here's the three events that we're doing this week. Here's what we're talking about over here. At any time, you can go on Slack and check it out. 
But even though people's terms and conditions are always changing, like I said, when I joined Instagram, it wasn't owned by Mark Zuckerberg and then things shifted. What I love about Slack was that the origin story of that platform was they had originally created a video game and this was the messaging platform that they used within the video game. And there, you know, the, the video game tanked, but the messaging thing, they were like, maybe we could use this for something else. And so many, so many, so many huge businesses use Slack. That means that Slack has always had to protect the sensitive information that all of these massive corporations, big businesses, small businesses all have embedded in their Slack conversations. So as far when I was looking, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go make some other social media platform platform famous, especially my fucking newsletter provider was like, I did so much research. Can I post? Could I have a boob out on Squarespace? No. Could I have a boob out on MailChimp? No. Could I have a boob out on Slack? Yeah. They don't give a fuck what I do on Slack because it's none of their business. It's a business messaging system. And so they can't have any interference in what it is that you're sending because people were always sending uh, banking information. This is stuff that like the IRS can never be allowed to get a hold of that nobody like their privacy restrictions around that because it's used for business. I really liked how that I, I, I could see a big future in that as well. All right. So let's do it. Yay. Hi, Dusty. Okay, so let's do some questions. Um, and so now we have the Q&A thing on Slack, but I only got like one question on there. So I had Stephanie put up a question sticker. Um, so one of these questions says, what does it mean to trust the Tao? Very good question. So the Tao Te Ching has been a huge piece of this puzzle that you're looking at. And I incorporate the teachings of the Tao Te Ching in my book IntelliKeys as well, which is 365 daily lessons. It was inspired by A Course in Miracles, but I feel like A Course in Miracles is a very incomplete teaching. So I wanted to make sure that you could get all of the benefits of A Course in Miracles while also hitting their blind spots. What I love about A Course in Miracles is that if you wanna be a spiritual teacher, you could read A Course in Miracles over that first year and just teach A Course in Miracles for the next year and, and you'd be fine. Yeah, you need to fucking pick up a new book because these teachers that just keep reading A Course in Miracles over and over, oh my God, all their books are the same. Um, but I wanted to make sure that you got a bit more dimension than just this like love and light will save the day. So the Tao is the natural flow of things. The Tao is the natural flow of things. And they use the analogy in the Tao to Ching a lot of the water. So water always knows its direction. Water is never blocked. It just goes around things. Water is fluid. Water only needs a little crack to get in. And I've, I've learned so much from just contemplating the energy of water. Creeks are one of my favorite bodies of water. And just watching the way that the water knows how to go, the way that when things try to resist the water like a little twig, everything is like resistance for them, you know, to try and hold back the flow of things. No. So understanding that there is, the first aspect of trusting the Tao is understanding that there is a flow to your life, that there's a purpose for your life, that there's a meaning for your life. There's a reason why you're here. And when you align with that, everything flows to you. So how do you find out what's the purpose of your life? What have you always loved? What have you always been good at? 
And what breaks your heart? What have you always been called to do? So something that I've always loved is talking and talking shit and laughing with my homies. I've always loved to talk, always loved to just be myself, to feel like I can be myself. And that's been a huge practice for me. What have I always been good at? I've always been good at making people feel comfortable. And I've always been so like I was always a bartender that could get people to stay way long, always a person that had the dinner parties where everybody made friends. I'm a really good connector. In Japanese, the the practice of matchmaking was called omiai. And it means to see. I have this gift of being able to see compatibility in, in other people and create spaces where you feel like you could be friends with everybody there simply because they're friends with me. So this was the energy that I always brought to bars. This was the energy that I always brought to dinner parties. I was always connecting people, creating lifelong friendships. And now this is something that really shines through in the Bruja Report. Everybody, I'm everybody's mutual friend. And for somebody that is as outre as I am, someone that's as out there as I am, that's always like, like saying fucking inappropriate stuff and, and doing my best to just be myself, to be myself on my good days and my bad days. People really feel like they know me because they do. And if you get along with me, you'll probably get along with any one of my friends. And that's really been true. We have over 200 women on the Bruja Report and we're all homies. And I'm so excited to send out these presents to you guys. Dusty, just post your question in here again or go and put it in the Slack because I'll be looking at the Slack Q&A right now. A lot of comments are coming up in here, so I might lose them, but just go post it in the Slack Q&A thread. Um, but that's something that I've always been good at. And that in astrological terms would be my Libra rising because your rising, your ascendant sign is what you need the, what you need to cultivate in order to get your cosmic birthright. We've talked about this a lot on Bruja Report. I only really, I only fuck with the elements and I only fuck with sun sign, moon sign and ascendant. My astrology is like got seven components and that's it. Uh, but it, it, it's enough. For me. And then something that's always broken my heart is, is seeing women like have no idea how powerful and how beautiful and how strong they are, constantly giving their power away, being oppressed by men on fucking social media in their relationships, um, not getting like not having amazing sex, always being on a diet, um, living a life that's very restrictive. It's always broken my heart to see women get so little out of life because there's so much. We are at the top of the food chain, ladies. Like there is so much pleasure to be taken from this lives. We are in human bodies and not just human bodies, but women's bodies. We have breasts and pussies and hips and we can have children. And it's just amazing. It's, it's so fucking great to be a woman. But for the first, you know, 25 years of my life, it was a liability. Being a woman got me molested. Being a woman got me hurt. Being a woman didn't get me certain jobs and got me other jobs that I didn't care about. Being a woman like sucked for a lot of my life. Let me just, I hear a little like bzz here. Okay. Well, can you guys still hear me? Um, but it just breaks. So, so that's my purpose. And when you find your purpose, everything flows to you the same way that when you are, you know, the water always knows where it's going. It's not stressing out. All animals know where they're going. I was watching a tarantula across the street. Tarantulas just know where they're going. We have a uh, tarantula season here in New Mexico. So in order to trust the Tao, you have to first know about it, that there's a flow to your life. Now, look, when you're not connected with your purpose, when you don't know your direction in life, 
life. You can't trust in the Tao because you, you don't see how that works for you. When you align with your purpose, and this is in how to start a business from scratch, which is available on the, the cheap tier of Bruja Report and the premium tier of Bruja Report as well. Um, when you find your purpose, when you find what it is that you're here to do, that's when your life really gets going. Trusting in the Tao is also identifying like what it feels like. And we just did this on School of Unified Spiritual Laws, not this last episode of season two, but the one before where we talked about the law of octaves, what it feels like when you're in flow, being able to identify what it feels like when you're in flow. So when I'm in flow, and you guys can put this in the chat right now, like when you're in flow, what do things feel like? And we talked to me, you know, maybe 60 women about this, and they were all saying the same thing. It feels easy. It feels fun. It feels like I don't have to work really hard. It feels like things are just getting done. It feels like money keeps finding me. It feels like things work themselves out. When you're not in flow, most people, including me, were saying it feels hard. It feels like everything. Every little thing I do is just like taking so much effort and it's so difficult and it's so tedious when you are able and it, all you have, you could do this right now, write down this question for yourself. Listen to the rest of Q&A if you're having a good time. And uh, please, if you're loving this, let people know, like, look, I'm still alive and well, I'm still teaching. I'm just not teaching on Instagram anymore. So please tag me on whatever social media you're on. I'm on Everest Dasher Live right now. We're doing Q&A. It's really fun. Uh, you know, she's a big hoe, whatever. Uh, but tag me because I'm also leading by example and letting you know that even when the Instagram algorithm fucks you, you can fuck it. You can fuck it right back and you can come fuck that. Fuck the system. Word of mouth is always better than ads. There's nothing that can come even close to the power that women have when we all get together. So but you could figure this out for yourself right now. Identify what does it feel like when I'm in flow? What does it feel like when I'm in alignment? What does it feel like when I'm not in flow? What does it feel like when I'm not in alignment? And if you do this just one time in your life, every time you start feeling bad, you can be like, oh, I'm not in flow right now. Huge thing to have. There's a Tao. I can trust it. I just need to realign myself with it. And then you can ask yourself this question, what always gets me back in the flow? So for me, when I'm out of the flow, it's usually because I fucking fell in love with my to-do list, my never ending Capricorn to-do list. And I'm just like, I don't have time to do anything else. I'm just working, 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 working. What gets me back in the flow? Running a bath, slowing down, clearing my schedule, smoking some weed, doing things I like, just relaxing. Now look, there's no what gets I used to think that in order to get back into the flow, I had to just, you know, sit and meditate for 20 minutes a day. That's not my way. That's not my way. Things that always get me back in the flow is slowing down, making a pastry, doing a cooking project that takes a long time. You guys are going to food porn like you've never seen. Get ready in my next vlog. There's so much fucking food porn on there because I take cooking very, very seriously. Um, but stopping to smoke a joint and like look out the window and just chill to stop doing, doing, doing and just like chill for a little bit. This always helps me get back in the flow. So notice if the things that you write down on like what always gets me back in the flow is stuff that you feel like you should be doing hour of yoga every day, juice cleanse and, and ask yourself, if that, is that really true? Where did I get this idea from? What has worked for me in the past? So 
when I'm in flow, everything in my life is difficult. Every, no, when I'm in flow, everything in my life is easy. When I'm out of flow, everything in my life is really difficult, but I make it my mission to stay in flow all the time. And I'm very proud and grateful that there's been very few moments in the last couple of years where I've been out of flow. The last time that I was really out of flow was when I was doing my workshop hardcore and I didn't feel like making this workshop at all, but it was the only way I could think of making money. That was a lot. And I really learned my lesson with that. If I just wait, if I, if I trust in the flow of my life, if I trust that my great work must be supported by the universe, if I follow my joy, if I follow my desire, all things flow to me. So that's what it means to trust the Tao in very practical terms. So Lauren says, effortless energy. When I'm in flow, I'm joyful. Yes. Easy, fun, miracles and synchronicities that blow my mind. Like I wake up and love life. Yes. You can stay in the flow. You can live in the flow. You could never go out of the flow and your life will just get better and better and better and better. Now that does, like I consciously engage with my life every single day. I don't let myself get away with low vibrational shit, judging other people, gossiping, being a cunt. Like I don't let myself do this because it takes me out of flow. And the presence of these feelings is usually indicative that I have gone out of flow a little bit. I only get like, I only get it become a cunty hook about things when I've been working way too hard. When I prioritize myself, when I slow things down, when I trust that the Tao does nothing and leaves nothing undone. The Tao does nothing and leaves nothing undone. Nature never hurries, but she's always on time. Like this is... It's only when I'm working so hard because I think that if I don't personally get every single thing done, that it won't get done, that there's no cosmic help for me, that I'm in it alone. That's when everything in my life starts to go awry. Um, oh, and before we do our next question, so we have hashtag dreams on Bruja Report. Now, look, we've always, always people are saying, what does this mean? And my mission is that you never get in this situation where you have to ask somebody else what it means. Really fun to write your dreams down, but you're, there's no like set symbols for everything. Even though Jung was a big fan of that, what a beer signifies to me now sober is like something I used to love and don't anymore. What a beer used to signify to me was like everything that I enjoyed relaxation, a great gift. So if you still, if you're still like enjoying beer and if you are fucking good for you, honey, have one for me, make it a cold one. Um, if you're still enjoying beer and you have a dream about a beer and you're asking me, what does it mean? I'm only going to be able to tell you what it means for me. If you buy a whole book of like dream journals, that's still just coming from that person. Of like dream journals, that's still just coming from that person. So in order to interpret a dream, it's super, super easy. It's always the same practice. But what you do is you would write, I am a beer. I am blank. I am cold. I am refreshing. I am a reward at the end of a long day. I am your favorite thing. I'm something you feel weird about. I'm something you feel great about. I'm something that you don't like, you know, but it'll mean something different to all of us. So when you have a dream that's profundo, you just write down the components of the dream, the big things that stick out to you, and you write it from that person. I am a beer. I am 
blank. I am a bridge. I am blank. And when you've written out, you know, there's usually five or six big, I am a beer. I am blank. I am a bridge. I am blank. And when you've written out, you know, there's usually five or six big aspects in a dream. Once you've written down what that symbolizes to you, doesn't matter what it symbolizes to anybody else what it symbolizes to you, retell the story from the perspective of the symbols. It's really easy to do, but you like my dreams have been coming through super strong. And sometimes like, you know, when a dream is telling you something, you know, by the way, it like resonates super strong. And sometimes like, you know, when a dream is telling you something, you know, by the way, it like resonates in your, you know, by the way it sticks with you when you wake up. And other times dreams are just funny. Like last night I had a dream that Miley Cyrus and Madonna did a new song together that like created lines around Walmart everywhere because it went so viral. And like, I don't really think that there's deep <laughs> significance in that. It was just a fucking dream about Miley Cyrus and Madonna doing this like blue themed music video that went fucking suit that got really successful at Walmart. So, <laughs> you know, you'll know, but dreams have guided me to some really profound realizations. And, uh, and I post a lot about dreams and in hashtag dreams on the proof report. All right, let's do another one. I'm having a difficult time seeing people in my town as a, in a positive light. Is there a mantra I can use for this? So oh, you know, sometimes it's hard because I live in a, in a town, you know, small towns, it went either one way or the other on coronavirus. Some people were just like, fuck this government bullshit. And other ones are like, we have to protect our tiny community from the fucking diseases of the city, you know, like prepper life. And, uh, and my, it's about 70, 30 out here, 70% of people like on the major fucking COVID train propaganda party and 30% that aren't. And it's so hard for me to see people being fucking knob eyes about this. Don't come near me without a mask. You're like, oh my God, go away, bitch. Um, it's hard for me to see that, but uh, I don't know if, if this is if it's related to coronavirus or something else before it was coronavirus, you know, there was a lot of resentment out here against rich people. And you can't be wealthy and surround yourself with people that that resent rich people. Yeah, they still might be your neighbors, but you have to get yourself into a space where you being wealthy is supported. So that's why I have Women's Wealth Mastermind on Bruja Report. I can't do this other mastermind that I'm in anymore. I swear they keep taking down my post too, because they tell me that it's not money related. And I'm a witch. I'm like, actually, this is money related when the fucking guy on eBay won't send the thing that you bought until you give him more money than you ever agreed to pay. That's a money issue. But they're like, no, you know, it's not. So I'm like, fuck this. I, I, I hate hanging out with non-witches. I can do it for like five minutes. But I'm like, you guys, oh, my God, this is like vanilla pudding for me. Let's talk about pussies. Let's talk about magic. Like everything's so fucking boring like let's come alive in here please let's like can't we be a little bit naughty i hate hanging out with good girls because i'm such a bad girl um but uh but that's why I have women's wealth mastermind on bruja report and it's always safe to talk about money on bruja report i'm always sharing my numbers because i want you to know like like i'm not telling you i made 65 grand in august 75 grand in september 55 grand in October. I'm not telling you that to brag or like be daunting, but 
I do this with my mind and I teach you exactly how to do it. Did it take me some years? Yeah. Will it take you some years? Yeah. But you'll be on the way. Once you're on the way, once you're in that flow, like, come on, it, get, it only gets easier and easier and easier. Right. Um, okay. So let me see. Uh, so, oh, but is there a mantra I can use? So with coronavirus, um, it's really helped me to see that people are scared, that the reason why that they're, they're acting out in this way and being like assholes about it is because they're super, super afraid. And it sucks to be afraid. These people are fucking masked up, gloved up to go to the grocery store. And when they come home, they're taking up all their clothes off outside of their house and burning things. And then they get then their husband is a frontline worker. So he's living in a tent on the front yard and their kids are all stressed out and they're all stressed out and they're going to go home and they're going to turn on the TV and they're going to watch CNN and get a bunch of fucking government lies that makes them even more scared. Like their life is sad, dude. Their life is sad. And, you know, it, it, amateur hour, we can be like, ha ha ha, you fucking dumb sheep. But honestly, like it should make you really sad because these people aren't living. They're dying. They're dying. They're every single time they turn around, it's like evidence that like shit is getting worse for them. Um, Uni, do you want to move from your house? I've been trying to ask you this for a long time. Uni just got a 5G tower outside of her house. Um, I don't know if you wanted to move or if it just seems like impossible, but if you want to move, like the universe will support you in that super fast. You just have to accept that you want to move, even if there's no money, no option. But if you're sick of if and, and for anybody in this situation, like if you feel like you're getting pushed your, your rights in the city or accept that you want to live in a different place, if you accept that you want something else to work out, like it fucking will, but you have to accept it first. And a lot of times it seems really scary because you're just like, oh, there's no way we could do this. If you want to do it, it'll happen. Um, there is a mantra in Kundalini Yoga. It's the Guru Guru Wahe Guru Guru Ramdas Guru mantra. And that is for not entering the neurotic quagmire of other people. That's like the exact definition of it. In colloquial terms, it just means like you don't make other people's stories your stories. In the Tao Te Ching, they say, must I fear what others fear? When I was, uh, you know, getting ready to do our first unassisted childbirth, everybody was telling me I was going to die, that my baby was going to die. And I was like, yeah, but why do I got to be afraid of what you're afraid of? Just because you're afraid of that doesn't mean I have to be afraid of that, right? right? Do I have to fear what you fear? And that's a really good question to ask somebody. That's like the Tao Te Ching for you. Why do I have to be afraid of what you're afraid of? But singing this mantra, Guru, Guru, Wahe, Guru, Guru, Ram, Das, Guru. There's a I'll sing that out loud when somebody's fucking putting their shit on me. I'm like, no, thanks. I am not going to absorb one little sniff of this story from you because I'm just not in the mood for it. And then the third mantra that I'll give you is from A Course in Miracles, but it says, I'm willing to see their innocence in this. And that can be a tough one, but it'll really snap. You don't want to waste any time. Right now, there's too much power available for us. There's too much 5D, not 5G. There's too much 5D options available to us to waste our time thinking about shit we can't control, people that piss us off, things like the election. There's just no time for this. Um, so using the mantra, I'm willing to see their innocence in this. If you say, yes, I'm willing to see it, then you will be shown, like right the fuck away, you will be shown their perspective of it. 
it and you'll have a hard time resenting them. But this has been, I, and I just want to acknowledge for all of us that this has been hard. A lot of us have lost a lot of friends. A lot of us have lost family members. And I mean, like emotionally losing. Um, it's been, you know, we've broken up with our lovers. Uh, we've lost friends over this stuff because the, all the veil has been lifted, you know, like it, we're really, there's some people that are living a certain way. Some people that would be so happy just going the way of that Forbes article that someone posted in Conspiracy Lovers Anonymous about the year 2030. I have no privacy and life has never been better. This like communal cashless system. Oh my God. Some people think that that's utopia. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Uni, accept it. Accept it. And like tap on it for a few days. She says, I accept it now. I really do want to leave tap on it, pray to divine feminine about it because so many options can be presented to you. Sounds like it's coinciding with the birth of your first workshop, the ability to be able to make money independently of, of your location. Like there is so many resources available for you. You can fucking do it, but really accept, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Everything seems, I don't even know where I want to move. What about my family? I'm really close to my family here but I just can't do it anymore. And I feel like I can't even pay the rent on this place, let alone a place. Just tell Divine Feminine all your problems, all your problems, and anything that comes up, take it as a sign that she's working on your behalf. Because like, you do not ever, it, I don't care, where's Minx? I don't care if the lease on your fucking apartment goes until March. If you don't want to live outside of that 5G tower with her crystals literally exploding, like three of her crystals just shattered and broke. She has a 5G tower right outside of her window. Three different crystals. Like this is crazy. If you don't want to live there, you don't have to. It doesn't matter what your lease says. Pour your heart out to Divine Feminine. Let her take all of your problems. And if you don't know how to pray to Divine Feminine, you watch Q&A archives. Um, you can watch the best, the most clear, simplest explanation of it is in how to start a business from scratch. It's video two. Um, and another good place to watch that is in the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, the Divine Masculine and the Divine Feminine one. Although I will say back then I was praying to Divine Masculine and Divine Feminine. Now I just do Divine Feminine. Yay, Ming says here. Okay, accept it. Yes, wonderful. This is relevant to me. We were looking ourselves to move and gave ourselves two months to leave the States. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. It's so funny because every every time you guys swear it won't show your, if you're wondering why your comments aren't being shown, if you swear, they won't show it. Okay, so Amber says, I feel like my question was only for wheels so I can ask it there tomorrow. But let me see what Amber, let me go and look on. I'm going into the Q&A Slack right now. So if you have another question that you wanna add, just put it here, please. Um, all right, where are we? Okay, oh, you guys are trying to figure out how to get on and I just wasn't online yet, sorry. Um, okay. So let me see. I'm sorry. I'm in wheels and I have my first two clients. I'm a little nervous and I'm wondering where do you start? There's so much to tackle. What is a good way to start a first session to warm someone up? This is such a good question. And it's why I'm so happy that we do this partner work and stuff in wheels, because these are things that I had to get over by myself. I was like shitting myself before I took my first clients. I was like shitting myself. And I had been talking to people about their problems as a bartender for fucking 10 years. And I was still shitting myself over it. And so at least on Wheels Reinvented, you have all that partner practice work before you go and take clients for the first time. But my favorite way to start a session is what would you like to talk about today? 
what would you like to talk about today? And I just get that starts the session right off and just listen to them completely. And if you ever don't know what to say, ask yourself, what would I say to them if I love them? What would I say to them if I love them? And the best thing when somebody is telling you what they want to talk about, popcorn emoji times a million, you're going to get so you're going to be more interested in their life than they've ever been in their own life. As coaches, we hold a vision for somebody that's bigger than they can hold for themselves. So they're telling us, you know, their problems. And we now have the technology of wheels reinvented underneath it, where we can start to listen for resonance, like, like unexpressed grief, like chronic worry, like the fear of things being taken away, like guilt, like shame, like comparison and jealousy, like feeling like no matter what they do is ever is never going to be good enough. And you have so many tools. Like even if you just did, if somebody said to you, I'm just worried that whatever I do, it's never going to be good enough. You know, then you can tell them, okay, well, let's just one session. All we're doing is getting clear around what enough is. And that'll be huge for them. But just ask them, what would you like to talk about today? That's my favorite way to start a session. And look, I know you're nervous. Tap on it right before. Even though I'm so nervous about going on with this client right now, I deeply and completely love, accept, and forgive myself. Or if that feels too heady for you, even though I'm so nervous about going on with this client, that's just where I'm at today. And I, and I accept that. Cool. You can do it. I know it's hard in the beginning, but you can do it. You're trained. You've got this. Um, and I love Wheels Reinvented. Wheels Reinvented is the best teacher training ever. And I know because I've taken a lot of teacher trainings and I built one. I was like, what, what were all of them missing? How much were these on average? It was usually between like two grand and five grand. How, why was I disappointed? How can I alleviate that? So I built Wheels Reinvented first on that model. And then with the second round, I said, how could I make this 10 times as valuable? And so it, it originally Wheels was like, let me just teach you this technology so you can heal yourself. And then by the second year, I was like, this is going to be a complete teacher training where I teach you exactly how to come out as a teacher, exactly how to share this with other people exactly how to hold these sessions for others and there's just nothing like it and it's enrolling all of the time now all right let's see i went back atlas i went back and watched the empress academy with phaedra but i would love some more clarification on how to price a product and how to name a product if possible all right so i'm a namer i always name the babies before they're born i love i usually i love naming things i always come up with band names kids names, you know, restaurant names. And so my workshop names are usually like, I'll, I'll, I'll get that. I've been given that gift. And if you want, we can start. I was telling Stephanie to start a new uh, thread and I forget what it was. Oh, it was daily wins. You guys remember daily wins for Instagram? I fucking miss daily wins. I need a place to put my daily wins. So we've got a new Slack thread for that, for daily wins that she's adding everyone to. And if you need some help workshopping something, just put it in chat room. Chat room is usually a good place to do it. Cause I don't know if we have enough people building workshops right now to make that thread like bumping. It gets a little sad when you're like, oh, let me go check out this thread in the last post. And it was like two weeks ago. I'm like, no, but that's usually a sign for me that that one's got to go and another one's got to come in, but just put it in chat room. But as far as pricing a product, a product, usually I tell people to work backwards. So but there's two ways of doing this. Sometimes you're like, I really want to make this workshop. And other times you're like, I really want to make a workshop. 
Okay. So if you know that financially you need to do something, we just talked about this in the last women's wealth mastermind mastermind. You say, okay, how many $5 products is that? It's $1,005 products. And you say, okay, do I feel like I could sell a thousand products? Now, if you have a big Instagram that maybe hasn't ever paid you, having a nice cheap product that 1,000 people could buy, that would be a really easy way to make your first five grand. So five grand a month. So an example of a $5 product that I have is IntelliKeys. When you do that automated on a payment plan, it's $5 a month. Then you could say, okay, well, what's a, how many $500 products would I have to sell to make $5,000. And I believe that's 10, 10, $500 product. Is that right? Yeah. 10, $500 products would be $5,000. So you think about, all right, well, what would a $500 product look like for me? Maybe it would be a six month group workshop, like the school of unified spiritual laws That's six months, two classes a week. Um, I'm sorry, six months, two classes a month. And that's $500, which is very, very inexpensive. But I'm really about being affordable. I've been an expensive coach. And then I just hit this point. I think it was last year, or maybe it was even at the beginning. No, it was last year, where I was like, I'm just so fucking done with being expensive, like rolling out one on one package after one on one package and and everyone being like, I want to do it, I can't afford it. I wanted people to be able to afford my work. So that was something like I, I always see the customer is a reflection of me. So that's an example of a $500 product that I have. Now, the reason why that really works for me is because that I was shooting that to live audience once I sold $40,000 of school of unified spiritual laws in its debut launch. Um, there was 100 people that that signed up for it. Yeah, about and um, yes, yeah, so it was a $40,000 launch. It was five and it was yeah 500 bucks, I think. Um, yeah, 500 bucks for all six months, but then also available on a payment plan. And that one did did really, really well for its debut launch. They don't like usually it, it's been hit or miss, but that was the first time that I had ever rolled out a brand new product and had it do so well. I was like, this is fucking amazing. And um, and something cool about that was like it was just the right time for it. It was inflow. It was something that I really, really wanted to do. Now, if you're doing if you're making a product that you're not really inspired about, it's not going to do well. So just wait and ask to be shown one that you are inspired about. But I like thinking about what type of if you're you know, if it's all open to you and you're like, all right, well, I need a fight. I'm starting with a financial goal instead of like a vision you know, you're like, I want to make a workshop and not necessarily this workshop, then you can just work backwards. So I also do how many $100 products, how many $50 products, think about all of these different price points, find the one that feels most relevant to you find the one that feels most doable for you. Could I sell two $2,500 products? Is that going to be my goal for this month? Am I going to go for the 10 $500 products? Am I going to go for the $1,005 product? What feels really doable for me this month. And, um, and that's one way that I price it. Now, if you're working it the other way, for example, I want to make a teacher training called wheels reinvented. How much should I charge for it? You're going to want to look at your own experience. And I would watch the, um, the Empress Academy with Michelle on creating desire in a customer. But how much have you spent on something like this? How happy were you about spending that money? Was it in your budget? Was it not in your budget? How much is it worth to you? Now, if it's worth $500 to you, 
in order to be able to sell it, it's got to be where you have to pack 10 times as much value into it. So if it's a $500 product like School of Unified Spiritual Laws, that's actually worth 15 grand to me because I spent 15 grand to study the fourth way on the same terms that I teach it in School of Unified Spiritual Laws. It was one-on-one, -on -one, but because you can ask me questions in school, like you get that, I would bring one question to the teacher twice a month for 15 grand. And you want it to have the energy of like, people would be crazy not to buy this. So for me, selling a $15,000 value product for $500, people would just be crazy not to buy that. And because it had that energy and it was also something that I was really inspired about making, it had a debut launch of 40 grand, which is like very impressive. So, but always look to like, how much have I invested in this? If you've never, you cannot expect people to invest in something that you've never seen worthy of investing in yourself. So if you're saying work with me, work with me, coach with me, coach with me, but you've never paid a coach like, it's not going to work like that because you don't think your industry is worth investing in. So there'll be a lie there. You know, when you're telling people this is so worth it, like it's not. And people always know when you're lying, even if they can't tell you, I think you're lying. It just feels off. People won't buy it because they're like, I, you know, you're saying that coaching is a good investment, but I, there's something in how you're saying this to me that I, that I feel like you're, you're not telling the truth here. And when somebody says I can't afford it, which like people will always be telling you and people are always like, I just got sick of people telling me I can't afford it. So I just made less expensive products, which means that I had to get over my shit and learn how to translate just about everything to a group. But I haven't taken the last time I signed a one-on-one -on -one client. I did it just because this client came to, I, I had said, and I think it was February of last year, that I wasn't going to be taking any more one-on-one -on -one clients. But the last two that came to me were people that I really, really, really wanted to work with, like really wanted to work with. And so I was like, all right, I'll make an exception for you. But it was actually the year before that, that I stopped taking one and one on one. But the last two clients for uh, 15 grand and 20 grand were just so beautiful that I really, I, I, it was hard for me to say no, but I was just sick of charging people that much. And so now I don't take one on one, one on one at all. And I'm a, a, available to be around for a lot more people. Um, Minx, where can I buy your gorgeous mugs? Oh my God. At Minx factory on Instagram, the fucking best coffee mugs. It's just my favorite potter. I just love her. And I found a new, it's a very different style. Um, but I have a new little like Etsy seller that I'm into. If you guys need ramen bowls, it was really hard for me to find those big ass bowls for ramen. Um, it sucks because like I'm a witch. So when people tell me the measurements of the fucking ceramic bowls, I'm just like, I need, I'm a woman. Don't tell me the dimensions. Show me a picture of you holding it in your hand. If you show me it holding it in your hand, I'll see if it's big enough or not. But if you, it's like doesn't have anything near it for size and you tell me the measurements of things, I don't speak measurements. Women and men speak different languages. If you ask a man for directions, 200 meters southeast, turn for a quarter and a half miles. No, woman's going to be like, you're going to go down that road until you see the red house. It's going to be like five minutes. You're going to feel like you passed it, but you didn't make a left there. Just keep going. And it's a third blue door on the left. And you're like, thank you. I understand that. It's not like, oh, how many meters have I driven so far? It's just annoying. Um, okay. Differences between gossiping and talking shit. I mean, is it funny? Does it feel good? 
Does it feel good? So talking shit to me is, uh, is, is not talking shit about somebody. It's just being able to be uncensored. So like I say all the time, I'm like, Facebook is gay. I do feel like Facebook is gay. I feel like Facebook has been gay for so long. And the word gay was like always something funny, like where in the era that I grew up in, like that was funny. Just because people make something against the rules doesn't make it stop being funny. When I say that something's retarded, like it feels so good and being like, uh, wait, change it to ridiculous. Like I can't be free when I'm constantly censoring myself. So to me, that's talking shit. Talking shit is also like complaining about my husband pissing me off without worrying that like, if I'm not perfect all the time, people are going to disown me. But gossiping is talking about people that aren't in the room. And you don't hear me doing that a lot unless it's specifically for a teaching purpose. Like here, let me show you this example. Um, and but gossiping is talking about how you want to change somebody, how you want to change somebody. I don't want to change anybody. I don't want to change anybody like you. I love that people are different than me. I love that people contradict me because we can't all be. The, I don't think that if the world was filled with more me's that it would be a better place. I would not be able to hang out with myself. I can hardly even hang out with other Capricorns. But gossiping, talking about somebody behind their back about how you think that they could be better or do better. To me, that's gossiping. Blah, blah. Like that, when you stop and think about like, does this actually feel good? Are you laughing or are you sighing? If you're sighing, it's gossiping. If you're laughing, if you're having, you're laughing. If you're having a laugh, if your homies are having a laugh and we're talking some shit, then we're talking some shit. Does that make sense? Um, Oh my God. Yay. Minx. And then uh, let me know if you ever do bowls. I'm a, I, I've got a bowl thing. I've got a bowl thing big time. All right. Let's look at some more questions here. Da, 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 da. My phone is not being responsive. Work for me. Could you define your connection with God and how your spiritual practice plays into that? My connection with God, my whole spiritual practice and my whole connection with God could be boiled down to one word, and that's desire. I listen to my desires as if it is God speaking to me because it is. And you can learn more about this in the School of Unified Spiritual Laws, season one, the episode on desire. Now, it's taken me a lot of work in my second chakra specifically about trusting that what I want isn't bad, that what I want also wants me feeling deserving and all of that. But my whole spiritual practice is to honor my desires desires. I would also connect with pleasure. I would also connect with joy and inspiration. I go wherever inspiration leads me. I go wherever joy leads me. I go wherever desire leads me. I go with what feels pleasurable. I do not go with something that feels uninspiring. I do not go with something that feels bad. I do not go, don't sit and suffer through something that feels hard and annoying because I think that God wants me to suffer. I understand desire as being the voice of God, the voice of my spirit, 
the ultimate GPS. And I don't have another spiritual practice outside of that. But I'm like, I do so many things, but I don't sit and meditate. I don't have a journaling practice. I don't have anything that I do all the time. I do my fourth way work and I let that go to work on me. I try and engage with that. I try and remember myself. I try and remember that life is school as much as possible. But if I notice that I'm feeling bad, I fucking do something about it. I have the right to not be negative. I have the right to not be a pissed off bitch. And I don't let myself be a pissed off bitch. Yeah, I get erotic mad at my husband all the time, but he likes it and I like it. It's fun for us. We're doms and subs, baby. Um, but I don't, I don't let myself be negative. I don't let myself be shitty. Now, when I'm grieving, when I notice that I'm really sad about something, I also take grief very, very seriously, feeling it. And I've learned all kinds of technologies, all types of heart work, which allows me to go right into my grief and be with it and see it as being pleasurable in its own way. But I used to like read tarot cards. I used to like check my astrology. And when I started just living by desire, I found that I was always doing the right thing at the right time because it felt good. So what feels good is always the right option. So my whole spiritual practice and my connection to God is forged in, in me trusting that the universe wants what I want. Let's see. Um, Instagram has stopped all hashtags until after the U.S. election. Yeah, that's probably because Trump 2020 has three and a half million fucking hashtags and Biden Harris 2020, which is the most popular of all of the Biden hashtags, has 375,000, which is that that's the most around hashtag Biden. Fucking, I can't do it like, dude, the, but this censorship and stuff like it's not funny. I know people are going to tell you, yeah, well, if you're on their platform, play by their rules. If you don't like their rules, get out of the fucking game, dude. If you're letting yourself be disrespected somewhere, but you keep going back, that's impacting all areas of your life. Your life is only going to improve if you command respect in all areas of it. Like you're never going to end up with a shittier life when you say you're disrespecting me. There feels like that. Um, all right. Oh, my God. I love you guys so much. Okay. Dusty says, I think I've had an issue for the past year or more. What's my problem with liking people? Like, I mean, I had a rough childhood, very secluded, adopted and alone. But recently, I can't seem to find anyone that I'm like, damn, this person is sick. I don't know if this makes sense at all. I'm like sick as in cool. I, I don't know if this makes sense at all, but I always feel like no one is ever on my level or really resonates with me. Like I settle. And when I find people that are, they only seem to match my energy field for a while. I'm not even just talking romantically like friends too, dude. I feel, I feel this way. Like the Bruja report, like that's my whole friend circle. Cause around here, there's just like, it seems like I'm just settling for everybody, you know, like it just seems like I'm settling for everybody like I have like the few people my age are fucking either in love with poverty or in love with coronavirus and then my friends that are like really like of the same mindset as me around here they're all like in their 70s and like I, I'm not an ageist but like I also want to be able to talk to people my own age you know and that's why I have Bruja Report is because like I really which has always lived off alone 
I, I've always loved reading stories about like uh, pen pals, you know, women that had pen pals just for their whole lives. They never got to see this friend of theirs, but like their letters just kept them going. Like all the frontier women, like that was their thing. Like they had, you had to have somebody that you could just be yourself around that you could have a laugh with, even if you never saw them. And I felt so disappointed in friend circle after friend circle with my like IRL friends. But I guess I just, I, I felt for so long, like the internet wasn't a real place to have friends, that it like wasn't real. And when I set out to make Bruja report, like I had to get over a lot of shame and stuff that like, oh, well, we're just like Instagram friends or something like that. But something that I'm really proud of with Bruja report is like the community is legit. The community is authentic. And do you feel that way, Frontier Women? But Dusty, do you feel like you've made friends in Bruja Report? I know that this is probably just like you on the spot, but if, you've been, if you're a witch, you feel like an outsider in just about every group. That's why I'm like, oh, I try and make memes about like what it's like trying to hang out with non-witches because they're just like, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so vanilla. And for me, when I finally got around a group of women that were also like uncensored like me, that could laugh about the same things that I laughed about, that cared about the same things that I cared about, that weren't like big, that weren't like, oh my God, let's talk about our like skincare regimen. It's like, what? Smear some fucking shea butter on my face and walk, you know, and leave the house. I wanted to women that cared about like being good moms and and fuck this and punks and witches. Like I just couldn't like. And once it took me so long to understand that, like, I wasn't just some lonely freak when I understood that I was a witch. It took me a really, really long time to understand that. But when I understood that I wasn't the only person in the world that like you know, talked to the wind, drank out of jars, had weird rituals, was like pfft, rolling my eyes at just about everything in society. Like I used to feel like I was doing that alone. And when I, when I found, when I like understood that I was a witch and actively started seeking out other witches and creating spaces, like where we could hang out, like it was the first time that I ever felt like I had found um, my my people, but you're in Austin and there's so many. So there's so many brujas in Austin. They're all fucking dope and they'll hang out. Just send them a message. Um, uh, Serena's in Austin right now. Serena's a fucking great time to hang out with Serena, Mackenzie, Monica. Um, who else is there? Lauren. There's so many Durand you have a date oh, chat room. Maybe we'll make a new one, like hashtag meetup. Uh, I just saw that I just Lauren and Amy were hanging out in South Africa. That's super cool. Um, yeah, I'm a weirdo too, though. We're all fucking weirdos. And it seems like you hang out with a like, yeah, I only drink out of jars too. Um, but maybe I'll start like a hashtag meetup one on Slack so you guys can see. But if you ever want to meet up with anyone on Bruja Report, like most people on Bruja Report are still on Instagram. So just be like, hey, Bruja Report, anyone want to hang out in Austin? And we'll repost that onto our thing and people will message you. Um, you and Serena would have a really good time together. Yeah. Lauren in South Africa. I've got a, my jar with moon water, rosemary and lemon moon water. I feel you sis. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. All right. Let's look at a couple more questions and then I'm going to have to pee. Um, 
Any anyone understand how to watch the Q and A? Good question. Could someone telling me here in the chat uh, how they did? You just go to my my YouTube and it says, "Yeah, I'm live right now." Great. Oh, thank you, you guys. It took me so much tech drama to try and get on here today. Dusty's like, "What the actual fuck is YouTube Live?" Oh my god, you guys are so funny. And I put, but you know, I'm just trying as well. Oh my god, you guys. Okay, let's see. Question. I've almost always lived in the city suburbs, but I've been feeling a strong call to move to the country and learn how to live sustainably off grid. How would you recommend starting to learn about living this sort of lifestyle? I love this question. This is what I would definitely recommend. You can watch my blogs on YouTube because I'm showing you more and more of what, uh, you know, the behind the scenes. But you let me see. It says my connection is unstable. Can you guys still hear me? OK, there we go. Um, it's really hard to try and like build your home, plant your garden, and also go to work at the same time. So you're going to want to start, like if you're serious about getting out to the country, you're going to want to start focusing on location independent and income as soon as possible. And that's what my workshop, How to Start a Business from Scratch, is all about. Um, but you can watch my blog. And if you want to just know about like the homesteading life, if you've never read the Little House on the Prairie books, they're so fucking good. And they are seriously the best homesteading manuals ever. Like if you're like, well, how do I do it without a deep freezer? How do I do it if we just move to a new place? Like these homesteaders were constantly having to move to the frontier where there was like nobody else around and build homes from zero. So they had build homes and start generating agriculture from zero all the time. So they lived in like hill houses, you know, digging out a sod house. So there's a hill digging that out and just having it be a dirt thing. They made log cabins. They had all types of different homes. But for real, these books are so good. You, they definitely have them at the library if the library is still open. But I got a set of all of them on eBay for like 20 bucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So Ellen, love Little House, but so good revisiting them. So good. Oh my God. And did anyone else resonate with Laura being rebellious and Mary being perfect? Like her older sister is like so perfect. And then she goes blind. And it's funny because you can even tell in like Laura, Laura's a witch, you know, rebellious, naughty in her head, just always asking questions. I really resonated with that character. Same with Joe from Little Women. But it's funny because she she's like basically like, oh, I was always trying to be perfect like Mary. And then like Mary had to go and get scarlet fever and end up being blind. And now I like can never be angry at her because she's blind. But like I'm still angry at her because she's my older sister. I know. Right. Mary like sewing the little lace. Uh, yeah, it's so you're from Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, where they bought the grain and little house on the prairie. Really cool. Mother Earth Living is such a good magazine for starting out. Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, I've been really, really loving the Little House books so much. Thank you guys so much for, for working with me and coming over here on YouTube and figuring it out. I was like trying to get things. YouTube would like not let me go live without disclosing my location. And I just don't do that. And it turns out that I had to go on Chrome instead of Safari. Like ultimately it all worked out, but it was super annoying. 
Okay, the last one. Question, how did you talk to Patrick about the lifestyle you were wanting to create and how did you manage it as it came together? Is he 100% aligned to your teachings and knowledge? This is such a good question. I'm so happy to answer this. So I always knew that I wanted to live out in nature and I knew from like 2010 um, when Brian was going through withdrawals billions of times, I used to, he had very little will to live. He had very little will to live. And actually, like when your soul knows that it's going to die prematurely, it like can't visualize past to the point where your life ends. So for example, Brian died on a Wednesday. And earlier that day, I'd been asking him what he wanted to do that weekend. And he got so mad at me. He said, I just can't fucking see that far ahead. And I said, well, like, don't, do you want to go to the beach or something? Cause he, he was working construction, waking up at five in the morning was just like miserable. And, um, and I was trying to get him to like, look forward to the weekend, you know, but he couldn't, he got, I, and I was so surprised that he got so mad at me. He said, I can't fucking see that far. It's like Saturday for real. And he died on a Wednesday. Um, but I, to help him get through some of these withdrawals and the, the withdrawals that he had coming off of heroin were one thing, but because he was on an opiate blocker, it was a totally different world where he would have a craving for heroin, basically massive emotional pain, knowing that if he had heroin, it could solve the pain, but he's on an opiate blocker, which means that he cannot use it no matter how much he wants to. And that's why I really feel like Vivitrol is barbaric. When I, when I first heard of it, I was like, it's a miracle drug. He will be physically unable to use heroin, but it doesn't take it into account at all why somebody's using heroin in the first place. And we talk about that in Wheels Reinvented and in my videos on YouTube labeled Understanding Heroin. The first one is for, if, is for people that love addicts. And the second one is for people that are actively using. And I, I recommend watching them both. But to get him through some of these difficult withdrawal periods, I would tell him stories of the future. Here's some realities for our life together. So I initially started painting this picture of a room um, that felt like I thought that that was like an attic or an alcove, which is literally the room I'm in now. Um, I thought that it was like the top of an A-frame house. I, I didn't know that cathedral rooms existed, but this beautiful wooden house with lots and lots of light. And I would tell him the story of our, our two kids in the bed. And, and then he died. And when he died, I realized that I still really, really, I could never see that it was him in the picture, but I could always see this picture of two kids passed out in the bed with a husband that I couldn't see, couldn't tell if it was a boy or girl, uh, you know, boys or girls, but I could, I could see this uh, waking up in this beautiful sunny room before everyone else and, and walking downstairs. And as I'm walking downstairs, I see copies of my book down on the, on the table, my first book. And I walk down, I make myself a, a coffin and it's just beautiful. And, and I can't believe that I'm going to be holding the first copy of my book this December. Um, in this vision, the, uh, the, the book is a hardcover. I'm self-publishing. So this one will be paperback, but in this vision, um, the youngest kid is probably about two years old. So I think that my next book might be coming out as well, but it's literally like this exact house. But so Brian, that was in, so in 2013, I'm sorry, it wasn't 2010. In 2013, I started painting this vision of this house that I wanted to live in. And it was in nature. And that was super, super important to me, um, especially because I lived in New York and, and leaving New York and moving 
uh, you know, off grid when you don't drive or anything like that. It wasn't a small undertaking for me, but it was 2017 and I was, the lease was expiring on my apartment. I didn't really know why God had insisted that I go to Austin because I had a really nice time in Austin, but I hadn't really accomplished that much besides getting sober. Rent was expensive for me and my lease was ending in a month. And I was like, okay, where to go next? And so I wanted to go to Paris because I'd always wanted to live in Paris. And my toss up was basically like, well, do I go live in Paris where I don't need a car or anything like that? Or do I want to go and live in nature? And after giving it a lot of thought, I just didn't feel like being around people anymore. And for so long, I was saying, well, like I need to go off to nature with a man because first of all, I don't drive or chop wood or do anything like that. Um, but also if I move, I'm a witch. If I go move out to the woods by myself, like I'm never fucking leaving. Like I don't miss society at all. Like I don't miss it. I don't see people. I don't want to talk to people. I'm fucking good. And especially with Bruja Report, like I've got all of my bases covered. Like I don't want to see anybody. Uh, but I was so, um, so I decided that I wanted to live in nature. Now, in order to move to nature, I needed quite a few things. I needed to, I needed a house. I needed money to pay for the house. I needed to be able to drive to get to the house. And I also needed, yeah, the money to pay for the house. And I had always visualized living near water. And I knew that if I had kids that I wanted to go swimming with them all the time and my mom would never go in the water with me because she didn't want to get her hair wet. And I wasn't a particularly good swimmer because I'd been living in New York for the last 11 years, had never really lived near water. I wouldn't call myself a good swimmer. So I was looking at my to do. I said, OK, I'm going to move to nature when I'm done with Austin. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. So I wrote down everything that I would need. And my options were like go to driver's ed, figure out how to sign clients, like all this stuff that just didn't feel like something that I wanted to do at all. Um, but the last option I had was if I want to live near water, I better be really good at swimming. So something that I could do in Austin was practice swimming. So I made the commitment to go practice swimming every day at Barton Springs because it's free to go in from six to eight in the morning. So I would wake up at 530. I would ride my bike from 12th and Chicone all the way to Barton Springs. I would go swimming for a couple hours and then I would bike home. That was the only time that I left my house. And I remember thinking, if I'm going to meet my soulmate, they fucking are going to have to find me between six and eight in the morning because I'm not drinking. I'm not going out. I'm not seeing anybody. Um, and they're just going to have to find me and they're just going to have to love me, even though I'm 30 pounds fatter than I usually am. And, and that's just going to have to be that. And within two weeks, so I had written that down when I went, Patrick and I met at Barton Springs at like seven o'clock in the morning. He was there swimming and I was there swimming and he came out of the water and oh my God, it was the first time a man had ever looked at me and wasn't intimidated by me at all. Like I was used to just regularly disarming guys. I made that fucking eye contact with them, broke their balls a little bit and they just like run away. You know, they just like puss out. And to me, like Patrick could handle me. And he looked at me like right in my eyes. And I was just like, this is the fucking hottest guy that I've ever seen. Um, but within like five minutes, as he was like, oh, I love the water. I was like, me too. I really want to get land on water. 
and raise kids out there. And he said, I just wrote that down in my book, not two days ago, that that was something that I was going to be working towards right now. So a big thing that I had about being with that, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I don't want a boyfriend because we'll have to go through like all of that small talk and all these datings and pretending like I don't want to be with you every day or that we're not going to move in together, just like the bullshit. And uh, when I dropped that story, you know, why does it have to take a long time? Patrick and I got, we met on a Wednesday. Um, I got pregnant that Saturday and we found out about a month later that I was pregnant. We decided to drop everything and leave Austin right around the time that I was being evicted that, you know, not, a, I wasn't being evicted. Um, my lease was up and he was ready to leave his place as well. And on Brewer Report, we've gone into that story, but when the time came like, okay, so we've got to move, it's time to go. I just, uh, I put my head down. I made 20 grand in a week. I asked spirit to please show me how I could, you know, buy us a truck and camper so we could go looking for this land. And, uh, and we signed the lease on our house when I was in February. So it was Valentine's day. Rhino was born at the end of April. So it's about seven and a half, eight months pregnant. So it works. So yes, that we definitely were a hundred percent aligned. And I think that it's really important to know what it is that you want. Be cool with that. Be honest because when I realized I wanted to live in nature, I was engaged to someone before Brian, who I actually broke up with to, to be with him. And I had told him, you know, I, I've told this story a lot, but the first time someone ever asked me what I wanted was at, uh, was in 2012 at the Integrative Nutrition Conference. And all I could think of was that I, I want to go camping. I want to go camping. It was the only thing at that point. I didn't even dream, you know, with the guy that I was with at that time, I couldn't even say out loud that maybe I want to move upstate. This guy was like a New York or nowhere guy who like weirdly lives in Austin now and is sober. And he's really cool. Actually, Dusty, um, he's, he's doing something. His, his name is Morton Lovach on Instagram. He's really, he's a really, really cool guy. He's sober now. Um, but he, uh, he's doing, he's doing all the filming for hotel Vegas right now. I think that they're filming all the, it's called like hotel free TV or something like that. But he's a really, he lives in Austin now. He was a fucking cunt when I went out with him, but so was I a really fun guy. I don't, just like one of the funniest people that I've ever met money blocks. Like you wouldn't believe, but, uh, but he's in, he's in Austin now. Uh, but I had told him that I wanted to go camping. And he said, if you want to sleep in the dirt on your day off, you can do it by yourself. And I realized that like, there was only one thing I wanted. I was very, very, very low maintenance. Very, 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 very low maintenance. So I didn't want to ask for anything. Didn't feel like I getting so little pleasure out of my life. And I was like, well, there's only one thing that I want. And this guy's never going to do it with me. He's never going to do it with me. And it doesn't matter that I really wanted, like if he loved me, if he really loved me, he'd be like, okay, well, I, I don't really want to go, but how can I help you, you know, meet this goal or whatever. But he said, if you want to sleep in the dirt on your day off, you can do it by yourself. And, uh, and I was like, then I will. And so if you know in your heart that you really want to live a certain way and the person that you're with isn't accommodating for that, like you need to accept that. You need to accept that. And I understand that sometimes we get really comfortable and really embedded in these relationships. But like, and look, if you're married to Gemini, 
if you go out with a Gemini, they're going to need to be gone for half the year anyways. You can't, Gemini are two people and they they cannot be leashed. If you try and keep a Gemini at home doing the same thing, tell them they can't go on tour, blah, blah, blah. You will have the worst fucking boyfriend that you've ever had in your entire life. So there are specific astrological signs where you're like, cool, we can be together six months out of the year and six months out of the year, we won't be together, but we'll still be together. But I'll go live in nature and you can go go to fucking, you know, Berlin or whatever it is that you've got to do. Like there are people, there's many ways for it to work. But if you know, if you know that you will not be able to do what it is that you really want to do with this partner, you need to ask yourself why you think this partner is the best it's going to get for you. That exact question. Why do I think that this is the best guy that I'm ever going to have? Why do I love him? When somebody asked me why I love my fiance, I said, I love him because he won't leave me. Even if I were to go really crazy, he wouldn't leave me. And, and that was because he would go so crazy on me and I wouldn't leave him. But when I realized that like, I was never going to treat people like how he treated me, I would never, ever, ever, ever tell somebody that I'm coming home at midnight and come home at 5am after not returning their calls and do that over. And I would never treat somebody like that. And so I was tolerating that behavior for him because if I ever were to do something like that, he wouldn't be allowed to leave me because he, he owed me one, but that's not love. And if you're, if you're, if you think someone has potential, if you ever use the word potential around the person that you're with, you don't love them. Potential. I have never seen potential in Patrick. He was as is ready to go good right out of the box. This guy's good. Um, potential is not love. That's you wanting to change somebody. Gemini rising. Yeah. So Dusty, if you if you have a Gemini rising, Gem, that's your trick for getting your cosmic birthright. So Gemini is you have the gift of gab as well. So talk talk, 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 get yourself a situation, you know, like, don't just don't feel like you got to just communicate with pictures of yourself or whatever, like you have the gift of communication. You can talk a lot, you can talk and that's actually your power. So don't ever try and like turn that down, actually amplify it. Could I have a talk show? Could I have my own thing? Could I have my own podcast? Could I have my own radio show? What could I talk about all the time? Never feel bad or tell yourself that you're talking too much. Like that's the trick. And also Gemini, switch it up. Keep switching it up. Keep switching it up. Don't feel like you ever have to be stuck doing the same thing over and over. Look at people like Kanye West and give yourself permission. That's my Donald Trump and Kanye West are both presidential candidates and, and they're both Gemini's and what they both have the gift of get, they just start talking about it. Some people don't like that, but you know, that's their, there's no point in trying to turn that down. The second they have an idea, they start talking about it and they give themselves permission to be experts. They don't wait. Kanye West, it, it used to be that if you wanted a mega church, you had to be like multi-generational grandfathered into that mega church to have some shit in or Orlando, Florida. He started a mega church on his own terms. He gave himself permission to run for president, gave himself permission to be a fashion designer. Never was like, I like this. Therefore I'm just going to be doing this. And, um, I'm, and I'm just going for it. Donald Trump didn't get anyone's permission to run for president, or maybe he did, but we won't go into there right now. But it didn't matter what other people said. Oh, you're a reality TV star. Yeah, I've also made billions and billions of dollars and I'm going for it. 
And I love that they were like, oh, he didn't pay taxes. I'm like, yeah, billionaires don't pay taxes. Jeff Bezos doesn't pay any taxes. This is smart. And you don't have to pay taxes either. You don't. But in order to do that, you have to watch in the Empress Academy archives. There's the call with my accountant. And it's also in the lectures on Bruja Report. Um, all right. So, oh yeah, Venus, sixth house. I don't know what any of that astrology stuff means, but I love, uh, I, I, I love learning about it. And I love sun, moon, rising, the elements as opposed to four elements, water, earth, fire, air, as opposed to 12 signs. I'm all about like, I'd say, if you know, let's get stoned and generalize. Let's just put everybody into two categories. Let's take all of astrology and just condense it into like four easy things or three easy things. I'm all about making things like as simple as possible. And with that, we're going to end this live for today. I want to thank you all so much for coming over to YouTube, for learning this with me. Triple air. Oh, my God. I love it. Lauren. Very interesting combination there. Thank you all so much for navigating this with me. Thank you for being on here with me. Thank you for hanging out in Bruja Report. We got a lot of cool stuff going on. November 6th, affiliate call. If you love Bruja Report and want to make money doing it, we're going to be opening up the affiliate program for a few months. We have huge retention on Bruja Report. That means that like once people join, they stay for a really long time. So if you get a commission on somebody's payment, that means you're going to be getting money every single month. It's fucking dope. It's a really, really good affiliate program. We also have a vlogging Q&A coming up. We have a Conspiracy Lovers Anonymous. We have a How to Solve Anything with Asia and um, Flocka. And you can see all of the events that we do at everestesher.com slash events. Thank you all so much for being on here. I'm going to pee my pants now. Love you guys. Love you guys.